welcome to Mystery Beers episode number 225 of... Brutal Battle. Yes, so um, it's a very different voice this time. And it's not Rebecca, and I think this may be the third or fourth, fourth or fifth actually, female voice that we've had on the podcast. It's my mom. That's not a joke, it's actually my mom. (laughs) So um, say hello to listeners... Hello, and too bad for Carlin. <laughs> no, so this is actually uh, an episode that I was meaning to do for a while, so I'm going to do one with her, and your name is? Susan Cook. Yes. I'm going to do one with her, then I'm going to do one with my father, because I've just had interest in putting them kind of on the spot with the podcast and ask. That sounds <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> but just kind of ask, you know, what's your relationship with beer? Because obviously... Times have been different, and with their generation, it's much different than my generation, and the generation, you know, after me, it's even different. You know, if you consider the fact that craft beer didn't really exist when my mom and dad were around originally and super young, for me, craft beer was kind of there, but not really there in my younger years, and now for anyone else who's growing up who's, like, hitting 21 now and, you know, within the past bunch of years... All they see is craft beer, pretty much, and that dominates. So, um, yeah, I just want to get right into it. We are doing mystery beers for this, and these they have been tailored to my mother's taste. Uh, one was picked by Rebecca, and one was picked by Mike Johnzak at Wine World. So we'll see who does better, because Rebecca, in the um, bags when we reveal, has marked who picked which one. So we can find out who did a better job picking for your palate. So the one that Mike picked tastes like um, lemon poppy seed cake because that's his favorite that I make. Yeah, it is, which is, it's amazing. Well, that's the other thing is I'm interested to see how you taste things with these beers when we're doing the tasting portion because you're a very good cook and baker and I feel like you're very good at discerning flavors when it comes to those things. So I feel like that could easily cross over. But no expectations. Yeah, well, I have low standards in the alcohol (laughs) dimension. When a recipe calls for a certain kind of wine, I just use whatever's in the refrigerator. And the other day, I needed a white wine, and I opened a bottle that was green, and it turned out being a rosé, and I used Uh, it anyway. Well, the I mean, you could be fine, though, because it's just... Rosés just have a little bit of skin contact, so their tannins is just low. So that would, did it end up being fine, though? It was great. Exactly. But the other thing, actually, that I just thought of that we should bring up is that you make ham with beer. Correct. And for the longest time, because it's a beer sauce, what is the recipe for that beer sauce? Oh, it's awesome. Well, everybody should write this one down. Write it down. Okay. It's three-quarter cup to one cup of brown sugar. Two tablespoons of cider vinegar, one teaspoon of dry mustard, and a can of beer. And if you want it to be a glaze, you only add enough beer to make a paste so you could put it on your ham to bake. If you want to do it the easy way, which is what I do, throw your ham in the crock pot for two to three hours with a little water in the bottom on high, drain the water off after that time, and then throw the beer sauce in and put the whole can of beer in. And periodically t- 
take your dipper and pour some of the sauce back over the top of the ham that's exposed. And it's really good. And the yeah. sauce will cook down and thicken with time and let it go for about an hour and a half, no more than two hours, because then it gets overpowering. But if you have a salty ham, it actually helps to take or neutralize a lot of the saltiness. And I can verify that it's an awesome recipe. And for people who are beer lovers, you can still taste the beer. Oh, yeah, definitely. And different beers definitely give a different flavor. Carlin brings me beers to use that he's done with or doesn't particularly <laughs> like to drink, which yep. is helpful. But some of them have been a disaster because yeah. they're, they just don't go well with ham. Because I think we figured out stouts. Yes. Do not go well with ham. Yes. But pale ales have been quite good. Absolutely. What was the one that was really good recently? Um, was Trogue's Mad Elf, which is a basically a strong ale with cherry and honey. Oh, yeah. That was excellent. Which, if people can think about it, the, the flavors of cherry and honey going along with ham just sounds good. It, <clears throat> and it worked really well. It was great. So, I guess maybe we should just pick up more Mad Elf to just have on hand for your hams. Maybe. It's a good idea. So, yeah. So, you, you know, that just leads me to another thing a lot of people don't think about is that you can cook and bake with craft beer. Mm -hmm. Just look up recipes. And my mother just gave you guys an outstanding recipe, so go ahead and try it. Email in and let us know if it works out. BrutalBattlePodcast at gmail.com. Yep, and I just use a piece of ham, whatever kind you want. Usually I do boneless, but you can do bone-in as well. I would do boneless because it's easier. True. You don't have to, like, cut around it. You can no just cut waste. straight down. Yeah, that's the nice thing. So... But I do remember when I was much younger and you had this recipe going on, you were using Milwaukee's Best. And I was, as we, as I got into craft beer, I was like, you know, maybe, maybe try something a little different. So. Well, I wasn't going for flavor. I would just go in and tell them, give me cheap beer because I'm going to use it to cook. And Milwaukee's Best is indeed cheap beer. <laughs> it is known, known lovingly as The Beast. Oh, yeah. Not so good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so there's a little recipe for everyone. So I just wanted to talk to you about what's your relationship with beer? You know, like, what's your first impressions you ever had with beer in your life? And how either your impression of beer or your in, or your run-ins with beer changed the way you think or kept your thinking as you aged? Well, mm -hmm. let's see. I come from a very German community with very German family who always had beer around and some family members who drank more than they should have. And my dad, who had a lumber yard would, and worked hard, physical labor all day, would always come home and have a beer. Mm. And he would tell us kids to go get him a beer. And we could take a sip. So I have always known what beer tastes like because what kid isn't going to get their dad a bottle of beer, open it, and not take <laughs> a taste? I think it's probably less frowned upon then than it is now. Probably. And was probably very common back then. Incredibly common. Yeah. So tasting it at a young age, I assume your your taste buds were not ready for a flavor like that. Well, maybe that's why I don't really like the taste of beer. I would assume. I mean, when when we come over for family events, 
we'll usually bring some other craft beer with us, and you'll at least try, like give a little bit of a try. And there have been some things that we found that you've been like, that's actually not bad, or you've had a little extra of. Um, so, yeah, I think just the other thing is, as I'm sure you know, your taste buds change over time. Oh, yeah. It's just the way it is. And when you're, I just feel like when you're young, your taste buds are more geared towards, like, fatty and sweet. And as you get older, you know, you start liking vegetables more, and you can handle things like bitterness a lot better. So, you know. It changes. Well, that makes sense. So you never really, once you were of age, I'm doing quotation marks because I don't know if if you drank before age. No. Um, when, okay, so no, no underage drinking there. When you became of age, did you try drinking any beer? I would go to the bars with my friends and then they just get a picture of... Like Schlitz? Yeah, whatever was coming <laughs> out of the tap. Back then, who knew what it really was? And that was in the Midwest. Yeah, and and even then I just didn't drink much. I just probably drink one, you know, kind of glass of beer, not even a full, and then say, give me a 7-Up or a Coke, you know. Yeah. So you just weren't big into alcohol in general? Correct. Okay, so. Um, so but when... I was one of those dweeby people <laughs> in college who actually studied and went to class. But that, I mean, you can't discourage that, though. That's good. <laughs> Dweeby, I don't think so much, is a bad thing in that sense. But So then once you were out of college, I mean, did, did your relationship with beer change at all? Did you ever think about trying anything? Because, you know, Dad has always had beer around. He doesn't drink often. He'll probably have, like, one beer every quarter of a year or something like that. No, not really. I've, I've just not been a beer drinker. If yeah. I'm going to drink something, I'd be more inclined to drink wine. And I go for the real highfalutin stuff. <laughs> Lambrusco. Cheap Lambrusco. Yeah, Rhea Needy Lambrusco. <laughs> I, I made a noise when she said wine because I don't really know if we can consider Rianiti Lambrusco wine, really. <laughs> it's kind of... Once again, I'm not a big drinker. Yeah. But you do you do also drink like actual rieslings. Yes, yeah. And, the, and you have tried yes. some other like white wines from yes. like the Biltmore Estates yes. in North Carolina. But, yes. So you do drink actual wine from time to time. Just yeah. not really Right. <laughs> really okay. So, um, and what I also wanted to ask is your feelings on my interest in craft beer as I've gotten older. Well, it, it's surprising to me that. That there's so much out there. It's insane now. It's, well, and I heard a story today about, they actually gave a listing of the numbers of uh, craft beers in one city, and it was just unbelievably yeah. huge. And I'm wondering how they are going to all compete and not run each other out of the market. Well, I think at the moment how the how the market's changing is people, at least in Maryland, how it's going is people are really starting to become more locally focused. So we're getting to a point where the market can support nano breweries or like neighborhood breweries where people can just kind of say like, you know, not far from us, independent brewing. Mm -hmm. You know, they can say, oh, independent brewing or alecraft or or something like that. I That's where I primarily want to go because A, it's close and B, I feel a sense of local pride. Um, whereas 
before those breweries existed. And in Maryland, it was just like Flying Dog and Duclaw and Oliver's pretty much for a while. People were drinking their stuff, but it wasn't like super local to them. And I've just seen a lot more of people kind of being like, oh, Maryland pride. We love Maryland beers and trying to drink the beer of whoever's closest to them as long as they like it. So, but then the question becomes, at what point are there too many neighborhood breweries? Or some of the beers you bring have such crazy labels on them and flavors. I'm wondering if people are just reaching for the bizarre or the mm-hmm. unusual to stand out from the crowd when, in fact, the stuff is just like swill. Well, yeah, I mean, it depends. There's a lot of, like, what we would call, like, kitschy beers nowadays. But at the same time, relate it back to, like, cooking and baking. You know, you don't have to stick with very easy, you know, stripped-down recipes. If you get a little creative with it and, and add different things and, you know, become kind of a mad scientist and figure something new out, you can find new flavor combinations. I think a lot of it's kind of trial and error, in a sense. I'd hate to be stuck with a big vat of bad beer, though. That happens. That's actually why I don't homebrew, really. Because I don't want to be stuck with two cases of beer that I think sucks. Because then you feel conflicted because you're like, I invested time in this, I invested money in this, but I think it tastes gross. Yeah. So I don't do that. I leave it to the pros for that reason. So, um, So another question about... You know, so so you were answering it more from the standpoint of when you saw my involvement in craft beer, you were kind of looking at the craft beer industry and saying, wow, there's so much more out there. Did you have concerns about me getting involved in craft beer and doing like a podcast? No, because I know you're a responsible drinker. Yeah. That's a thing that um, a lot, I feel like a lot of people who get involved in the craft beer industry kind of... It, there's kind of two people. There, there's the person who's not concerned about it at all, and there's the person who approaches with caution. And you know me. I'm obviously the cautionary person. I learn it from you and Dad. You guys are very cautious. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, in my opinion, become a problem where the other folks have had an issue of just falling into drinking all the time. It apparently is an actual problem, but they're like, oh, no, no, it's a hobby. Like, craft beer is just my hobby. I'm just really into craft beer. It's like, no, 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 you actually have a problem. So that's kind of something. I know I've said something about that here and there on the podcast, but um, it bears repeating every now and then because I would like people to reflect on that because those things can affect your life. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone who's ever been on this podcast has known at least someone Oh, who yeah. has a has or had a drinking problem. Oh, yes. I have so. had friends in my past who went down that route. Yeah. Well, and do you feel like that was something that may have kept you away from no. being more interested? No. Okay. I will tell you that whenever there were family get-togethers, I had my dad and his four brothers and all of them drank. And so I was always around alcohol at those times. Although, surprisingly, the other side of the family, my mother's side, did not drink at all. Huh. So it was a big... It's a big difference between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your your father's side was all male. Right. 
And your mother's side was all female. Uh, no, uh, one... One brother. One brother and two But mainly, yeah, mainly yeah. female. So, I feel like, especially back then, I mean, it was really more of a, like, guys drink beer. Mm-hmm. And, it, and or women more of a really. Germans drink beer. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> so, well, I mean, that's another question that leads into is, did you really see that? Like, to you, was it, were you seeing that people were like, well, women don't really drink beer. But men drink beer all the time. No, because my parents would have their friends over and those women would drink beer. My mother never drank beer. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, it was, I feel like, for the most part, beer back then was more of a simplistic thing. Because there there weren't that many breweries that were actually putting stuff out. So a lot of it tasted very similar. Right. And the taste was not good, really. Right. Nowadays... It's much different. It's much more diverse. So anyone, you know, male, female, any race, any ethnicity, whatever, can feel like there's something there for Mm -hmm. them. Whereas before, there wasn't necessarily anything there for a lot of people. Right. And I would just say, so what is the point? Not just enjoyment, really. It's just kind of like, why do you like eating good food? You know? I mean, you you can just put food in your body for the reason of just fueling it, which I know some people like that, or you can eat food because you like it. I mean, as a, as a race of humans, as we evolve now, we tend to actually eat more for interest right. over sustenance. And that's one of the reasons there's so much obesity in America mm-hmm. because people are like, Oh, that tastes good. I'd like to taste that. I'd like to drink that. I mean, soda, I mean, there really is no need for soda, although for some people it helps with migraine headaches because of the caffeine. But other than that, there's no nutritional value. True. But tons of people drink it. It's pretty similar for craft beer. It just tastes good. Yep. It's like, I'm interested in this. But then you also have the subsection of wanting to get drunk. That's another part of it, which I did in college. I won't lie. Yeah, I don't really (laughs) want to know what. Carlin did with his time in college, other than the fact that he probably should have gone to class more than I think he did. There legitimately were some classes I just stopped going to. Well, I don't want to know about that. But don't worry, I would gauge it. I would gauge it. I'm like, will this professor know or not? Well, thank God he redeemed (laughs) himself. He does have a master's degree now. So there is hope for those of you who follow in bad um, footsteps there. I did get more serious. And I will have you know that there was one class that I skipped for a lot of it, but it was a big lecture one, and I ran into the professor towards the end of the semester, and he thought that I was there every class. (laughs) And I did well. You just have to know someone... You were lucky. You just have to know someone who takes notes. Really. That's pretty much it. No, I got much more serious after that, hence the master's degree. But anyway... Um, was there anything else that you felt like you wanted to throw out there about craft beer? No, but can I tell them a story about, um, illegal moonshine? Moonshine? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, back during the, um, prohibition times when you weren't allowed to make alcohol or have alcohol, my family was in roofing and sheet metal. And people used to come to my grandfather and ask, Carl, can you make me a still? And he would say, now, 
you know I can't make you a still because that's illegal, but I can make a bucket and I can make a funnel and I have some hose and he would go on to label all of the parts of the still. So <laughs> basically they would take it home and put it together themselves, but he technically was not selling stills. Yes, he was just selling all the parts, and if the people chose to put it together as a still... Then they were the responsible party. So really a pretty creative way of selling stills. <laughs> I guess basically. so. <laughs> yeah, you've told me that story before, and I love it. It's It's just funny. It's and hilarious. he was very good at what he did. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I've got some metal work here that uh, is from him, cups and bucket and a box, a metal box. So, Well, I will have you know that, um, you know, you, you think that that was gone a long time ago where it was illegal to make your own mm -hmm. alcohol. Well, guess what? It That just ended in Alabama and Mississippi, basically... Three years ago? Four years ago? Yeah, very far behind. And the the first legal brewery in Alabama was established in 2008. Huh. So, you know, there are areas of the United States that are still pretty far behind when it comes well, to that. Well, I was raised in the Corn Belt. So when you have corn and you have grain you have and you have a lot of Germans, you have a lot of alcohol. Yeah, makes sense. Plus, <laughs> back then, there was a lot less fun things to do. You pretty much just There's have... There's still not much fun <laughs> <That's> to <true. laughs> What What does Uncle Steve say about how flat it is in the Midwest? I don't know. Well, I always say you can see the weather coming for three days out. Oh, he was the one who said that it uh, the Midwest is the only place where you can watch your dog run away for three days. <laughs> it's that flat. And the wind is always blowing. Yeah, unimpressive. So... <laughs> Okay. Although although we need the middle of the country. It no, is the bread basket, and it's beautiful out there, and the farms are enormous, and we have to support our farmers. Yeah, because how are you going to have beer? <laughs> That's true. You're not going to have beer if you don't have people farming. Or for me, I love bread. I'd rather yes. have the bread. No, bread's awesome. Bread's amazing. Well, and there's yeast in bread. There's yeast in beer. That's true. Perfect. I okay. made some damn good rye bread this <laughs> week, speaking of yeast Actually, and grains. Do you have any recipes for bread with beer? I used to, but I that. haven't. Um, I've lost it. touch with them. I'll should have to do that. one up. I'm sure you have some of my reject beers sitting around. Oh, that's true. I yeah. should try that next batch. Dad's always a willing victim of my cooking. And I will also come over. Okay. Volunteering. All right, well, let's go to the mystery beers then. And the the first one is the, the darker one on your left. It looks like Lambrusco. It does, I will say that. It's like reddish. I mean, I can kind of see through it if I try to, but the the color's dark enough. Yep, it looks like wine to me. Yeah, I can just kind of see shapes through it. There's not much of a head to it, but it, oh, like around the edges, they're very fine bubbles. Which make you think kind of like a champagne mm -hmm. type thing. Am so I supposed to taste it? Smell it first. Tell me what you smell. What does it smell like to you? It smells fruity. Very fruity. And a little yeasty. Any particular fruit? Grapes. To me, 
smells like raspberry and a little bit of apple and a little bit of like a alfalfa type hay note after those two notes. So it's like raspberry, then apple, then alfalfa. It doesn't smell like Pabst Blue Ribbon or Molson for sure. <laughs> those are my dad's. Well, not Pabst, but Molson is my dad's favorite. Pabst was what our family always drank so when gross. I was a kid. <laughs> well, it's had a resurgence, to be honest, amongst really? hipsters. And it's just known as PBR nowadays. Mm. Um, this smells sweet. Yeah, it does. So, go ahead and try it. It is sweet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that makes your pucker up. There is a slight tartness to it, but I think mostly it's very, like, kind of Ooh. sugary sweet. <laughs> what I say is with beers like that, whether it's high alcohol content or it's, like, sourness or anything, you need at least three sips in order for your palate to acclimate to the flavors. How about a box of crackers? <laughs> well, there are crackers on the table, actually. You can have them if you need them. So what do you what do you taste in it? Other what do than I taste? other than sweet and a little bit tart. Oh my gosh. It's just so tart. It's overpoweringly tart. It's not bad. It's just not what you expect. Yeah. And I'd almost classify this as a um a wine that's turning to vinegar rather than beer. Yeah, I see a little bit of a vinegariness. Um, when it comes to the to like the tartness you're talking about, for someone like me who regularly drinks sour beers, um, it's very low. But for you, you don't drink things that are sour typically, so it's right. got to be pretty shocking to your palate. Um, it's not bad. It's it's not something I'd sit down and drink. To me, it comes off as a tartness from the fruit. Like, from the actual use of fruit in there. Yeah. And it's not, you know, any additional souring agents like Lactobacillus or Pediococcus or certainly not Britannomyces because there's no, like, funkiness to it. But Actually, yeah. if you didn't tell me it was beer, I wouldn't think it was beer. What would you think it is? I would probably think it's one of those eyeball drinks your sisters bring. Oh, like a kombucha? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. I could see that being a, like a raspberry kombucha. But I do taste a lot of the raspberry. It is pretty sweet. There's that bit of tartness. I definitely get that little bit of apple. And it does finish a little slight bit hay-like. Um, I think it's fine for what it is. It's not my wheelhouse, though. It's just it's too sweet for what I typically like. But not terrible for you? No, no, but That's like good. I said, it's it's almost like you could sip it like a wine rather than drink mm -hmm. it like a beer. Yeah. Well, I could see someone uh, convincing me that this is a um, cider that has like a lot of berries in it. Yeah. And it does taste like raspberry to me. It probably wouldn't be bad for cooking where a recipe called for wine. Well, that with the ham, though. That would be really good. I mean, that fruitiness with the ham, yeah, that, that could be good. Be, that'd be good. Whatever it is, we'll find out. Um, well, let's go to the second beer, Beer B. And uh, I'm, I cleanse my palate. Okay. Go ahead and smell it and tell me what you smell. Pineapples. Yeah. I agree with that. 
I definitely get pineapple in it. What else? Anything else? No, I just smell pineapple. So I get pineapple. I get a little bit of mango to it. Oh, yeah, I can see that. There is like a sugary note in the nose. It smells kind of sweet. There's a slight bubble gum, to be honest. I smell the um, pineapple and the sweetness most. Yeah. Yeah, I think actually the more I smell it, the more that bubble gum note starts to grow on the end of each sniff. Well, there you've got to designate what brand of bubble gum you're talking like, about. Like bubble yum. Like, straight-up bubblegum, like, uh, not flavored, like... Well, it definitely doesn't smell like bazooka bubblegum. That was what I chew- chewed when I was a kid. Uh, well, that was, like, break your teeth. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so I'm glad that's not a thing so much anymore. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and try this beer. Ugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just give it a few. Give it a few. <laughs> This beer tastes a little familiar to me. God. (laughs) That's bad. (laughs) I'm good with it. No offense, but that one is too much. And we'll find out who picked it. um, It smells way better than it tastes. Well, that happens a lot with beer, to be honest. A lot of the times the aroma kind of over-promises for what the flavor is going to give you. Um, I think it's good. It, like, what do you taste in it? Can you get past the, I, I think it tastes bad? No, I just can't <laughs> get past that. It just tastes bad. So I do feel like I taste a little bit of that well, pineapple and a little bit of that mango, but it is really sweet, and I do get a lot of that bubble gum. I get a lot of bubble gum. And I think you're also reacting to, there's there's a pretty decent bitterness at the end as well. That's what's getting me. It's mm-hmm. the bitterness. It's really bitter. Yeah, I mean, there's a decent bitterness. This reminds me a little bit of, like, R.A.R. Brewing's Nana Coke Nectar, kind of. But more bubblegum to it. Because I don't think I perceive bubblegum. I mean, like, the citrusy, the pineapple mango type stuff, but... See, now I could volunteer to drink this red stuff, but this, not so much. It starts to get a little cotton candy-like as I keep drinking it, too. It's kind of weird. I don't hate it, though. Okay. So, would you like to be involved in the number rating or abstain? I don't think I'm qualified (laughs) to rate beers. That's fine. Uh, So, for A, I'm going to give A... That's the red stuff. Yeah. That's not bad. But, man, that's sweet. I'm going to give that a two. Man, oh, it's sweet. better than a two. <laughs> not for me. You can you can vote if you want to. I'd give it a six. A six. All right. That's fine. I mean, definitely different different uh, feelings on that. Well, What's that? Uh, three and a half? Wait. Four and a half. Yeah, no, four. That's a four. Math, not so good. You know that. I'm terrible at math. Oh, you're I'm always better, been you're not better so good. in math than you think you are. We'll, we'll see about that. Okay, so for B, B's pretty good. That bubblegum's a little odd. I'm going to give it a three. 
Did you want to step in on this one? I give it a one. <laughs> That's a two. <laughs> yeah, I, I got that. <laughs> That's easy math. I, well, some people would say the other one's easy math, too. Okay, so let's go ahead and reveal. So, based based on your numbering, you said that beer A was the better choice for you. Yeah, I'll take some of that for my ham sauce. So let's find out what beer B was first and who picked that one out. Oh, man. Okay. This this doesn't really surprise me all that much. So this was Mike's pick. Mike Johnsack picked this one for you. This is which one? That one that you hated. So this is by Decadent Ales, which they don't brew their own beer. It's contract brewed by Dorchester Brewing. It's their blueberry cream pop. Oh my gosh, I didn't <laughs> I didn't smell or taste blueberry at all. Well, listen to what you're supposed to get in it. It's a double IPA with blueberries and Madagascar vanilla beans. No, I didn't taste vanilla either. I, no vanilla. I've got vani- uh, pineapple and mango and a lot of bitterness. I mean, there's a creaminess to it in in the in the mouth feel, and I guess that's where the vanilla is coming in. But they would have been better off if they wanted to make it like a cream pop, putting lactose in there to help it out. And I guess I see where the blueberry is a little bit, but I don't know. I don't know. That one missed the boat for me. 8.6% alcohol from Boston, Massachusetts. The thing, I've said this a few times, we've had a Decadent Ales on the podcast before. I'm not a big fan of Decadent Ales. I feel like all their beers are too sweet. Every single one I've had is like... Too sweet. Well, if you used a beer like that in ham sauce, you could use less sugar. It might be interesting Mm -hmm. to try. I don't know that blueberry would go well with the ham. I mean, maybe. I don't know. You'd have to try it out. There might be too much bitterness, I'm willing to sacrifice a hank of ham. (laughs) Okay. Well, Well, I'll have to pick another one of these up. All right. All right, so let's find out what Rebecca chose for you, because obviously she knows your taste better. Oh, so the uh, Beer B had an overall of two. This one has an overall four. As I suspected, it's a Frambois. It is by Lindemann's Raspberry Lambic Beer. Huh. And it is from Belgium. What's the ABV? It's in a very pretty bottle. Yeah, it looks like a wine bottle, basically. Yes. Um, what is... I don't see an ABV. They don't have an ABV on it. Usually these Lambics are low mm-hmm. ABV anyway, so it's probably like no more than 5%, potentially lower, probably more in the 4 area. So it says rich, sweet, raspberry flavor and character, wild yeast fermentation, exceptional complexity. I don't know about exceptional complexity, but yeah. Yeah. So Lindemann's Frambois. Well, that Rebecca did a good job picking that one. I guess Rebecca wins over Mike. I guess he doesn't get any more poppy seed cake. Apparently not, until he (laughs) picks a better beer. That's right. Okay, well, (laughs) I appreciate you being on. And then if you want to come on another time and shoot out some new recipes. Oh, well, maybe I could do that. Yeah, always up for it. People, let us know your feedback. Did you like this one? Do you need more Susan Cook? A.K.A. my mom on these. I can repeat the ham sauce <laughs> recipe for you one more time. If Go for it. Got a pencil and paper. Pause. Pencil and paper. Unpause. Okay. So here it is. Just put your favorite ham in the crock pot. 
turn it on high for about two hours because as you know, ham is already pre-cooked, so your goal is just to heat it up again. Then make sure that you have some water in the bottom of the crock pot so that it doesn't start to scorch. Drain the ham after the two, two and a half hours, and then put your beer sauce in. Turn it back to high, but when it gets hot, then turn it down to low. Don't leave it in the beer sauce any longer than two hours max. An hour and a half is a good amount of time. Even an hour will do. And the recipe is three-quarter cup to one cup of brown sugar, depending on how sweet you want it. One teaspoon of dry mustard, two tablespoons of cider vinegar, and a can of the beer of your choice. And get creative with yeah. the beer. Although confirmed, like we said, Mad Elf by Trogues is awesome with that. Um, also, I want people to know that my mom did not read that. That was all off the top of her head. That's actually how she is. She just knows tons and tons of recipes by memory. It's impressive, to be honest. All right, well, thank you so much for being on here, and until next time, keep it brutal. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.